1: Remember, Satan's goal is simply to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use whatever he can do, whether it's external or internal, to bring us down. To bring the kingdom of God down. To bring a church down. To bring a family down. By the way, this is not the last time that David will see division in his family. Toward the end of his life, his own
0: son runs him out of the kingdom. Most people make the mistake of thinking that they're too unimportant for Satan to be interested in messing with their lives. You might be thinking that way too. I'm not as important as David was, or even my pastor or elder. The devil won't bother me. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, this mode of thinking is incorrect because it assumes that Satan's plans are based on how important you think you are to God's kingdom. Satan wants to destroy your life and your soul if he can, simply because he hates you. He hates all of God's creation, and he wants to destroy all of it. He's against you, whether you admit it or not. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 17, as he continues his series, The Life of David.
1: Now, who is bringing, think about this, who is bringing David to the battlefield? Is his father bringing him to the battlefield? No, his heavenly father is bringing him to the battlefield. You understand that God is sovereign. He understands beginning from end. He already knows the outcome of everything. So David is about 15 miles away. And He doesn't have a clue that this day is going to be one of the greatest days in his whole life. He doesn't have a clue. He's just simply obeying his dad. And he's going in obedience to those who are in authority over him, his dad. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. Every step David takes that day are ordained by God. There are no coincidences with the person, a Christ follower, that's in the will of God. Nothing happens by accident. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Now, understand that as David is coming here, God's going to put a giant in front of him. He doesn't have a clue about that. It's going to be a big trial. And what will David do? when he's put in this position, when really everybody is against him, what will David do? So as we see, God orchestrates our lives. And because he's a wonderful heavenly father, he will do a number of things. One, sometimes he'll take us behind the barn to uh, take care of us a little bit. Remember, we learned in Hebrews that if a father doesn't discipline his children then there's really no relationship with that father. A real father discipline. So sometimes we get taken to the woodshed. We just get a little correction that we need to. The word of God corrects us. But this particular day, God's going to do amazing things to David's faith, even though he's clueless about it. Verse 21. Now Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. And David left his thing with a keeper of supplies. And he ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. Now, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and he shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Now, when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him, notice again, in what? In great fear. So they're used to this every single day, twice a day. This is the first time David's ever heard it. He's never heard this before. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. 25. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He keeps coming out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Now, some of you are already excited if you were there. Those of you that are single and have been, well all the dating things nothing's happening you'd like a wife this would be very exciting for you you might even go in battle you're going to find out out of all those three things the wife ends up not being the right to not too good for david the second thing is some of you i mean a tax exemption in these days i mean this is like pelosi or something in there what is happening i mean you go fight just for the tip 401k with no strings i'll take it let's go And of course, a big reward, a cash reward. Now, why all this stuff? Why these three things? Because King Saul can't find anybody to go. What are these? They're simply bribes. They're simply bribes. But as the guys look at it, there's nobody, there's no takers. There's zero takers because they're what? They're fearful. So King Saul is desperate. By the way, he should have gone himself. He's the king. But he's not going to go. So David, verse 26, asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills his Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Now, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? By the way, we'll talk about what that was all about. That he should defy the armies of the, circle this in your Bible, if you will, of the living God, not just God, but the living God. Notice, not the armies of Saul, not the armies of Israel, but the armies of the living God. That's really the first mention of God in this whole scenario that we see. See, God's been left out of it. It's man looking with man's own eyes and going, impossible. That, that can't happen. It's King Saul without the anointing going, I'm not going. That's suicide. And so here comes little David. And he, he's probably around 20. We don't know exactly his age. But he's looking through different eyes. He's looking through eyes of faith. He's not really just looking at the giant. He's remembering whose side he's on. And by the way, David's probably looking when he sees this guy. You know, he understands hitting a target. And he's, he's looking at this guy and going like, who could miss that? And it's like Pastor Dave, when he does orientation, he has his golf holes about this big putting hole. I'd like to putt. I could do pretty good on the greens if the hole was that big. Well, David, instead of looking at the guy this big, he's going, who could miss that? I can hit that sucker. No problem. Why? Because of this. David knew this truth. Christ follower tonight, we have the only living God. There are none of There's lots of other gods. We have the only living God. David knew that. A God that's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. A God who sits on the throne where Jesus is interceding for us 24-7. Jeremiah 10-10 says it like this. But the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. The whole earth trembles at his anger. The nations cannot stand up to his wrath. So, that truth to David gave David hope, faith, and eventually an ability to step out and trust God. That should do the same for you and I tonight. When we face our own giants, to realize that we have the only living God that should give us hope, should give us faith, give us the ability to step out and do what God requires us to do by trusting him. Verse 27, now they repeated to him what they had been saying, gave them the rewards, on, you know, money, tax deduction, wife. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, He burned with anger at his brother. And he asked, why have you come down here? Now, this is a little bit of a ganguzo mixed with anger. Okay, Why have you come down here, you little shrimp? Who do you think you are? You're a nothing. You're a simple shepherd. I mean, you're an errand boy, and you're coming down here to the battlefield, and you kind of want to know what the deal is? Get out of my hair. You think you're special, don't you? Yeah, 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 I remember. You were the one that the oil went over. You think you're somebody special, huh? What do you think? I Was I bypassed for a reason? I'm the man here. You're the boy. Now, I'm just adding to it, but that's kind of the way it went. And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. What does anger do to us? It, it makes us stupid. He knows nothing of David. David didn't even know anything about this giant. It gets us wrong. I and mean, We make bold statements that are totally wrong. He doesn't know the heart of David. David didn't come down here, but for one reason. Isn't that amazing? To serve his brothers. Notice how David answers. Now, what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Now, why would a little brother say that? Because he had seven other brothers. He's familiar with this. The guy at the end of the line gets all the hassle, right? So This is normal for him. So he's saying, come on, come on, come on. And verse 30, he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. So here is an older brother. This is very important. Let me ask you a question. Where is the real battle as we begin talking? Where is the real battle here? Is it between Goliath and the nation of Israel? Yes. But where is this battle? This is a battle what? In family. Inside family. Is Satan smart or what? He's very wise. Now watch it. The real battle should not be between David and his brothers. The real battle is Goliath against the nation of Israel. So why is his brother angry and mad? Well, he's angry, he's jealous, he's been unforgiveness. And uh, what he's really probably angry at, and he's been angry for a while, is what? He got overlooked. He got bypassed. The little old brother is the one that's anointed. Now, he doesn't understand all the Kingdale. But what this is a picture of is David's own brother becomes the internal enemy. Instead of the external enemy. Remember, Satan's goal is simply to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use whatever he can do, whether it's external or internal, to bring us down. To bring the kingdom of God down. To bring a church down. To bring a family down. By the way, this is not the last time that David will see division in his family. Toward the end of his life... His own son runs him out of the kingdom. So I want you to turn to Acts chapter 20 for a moment. Keep your finger. We'll be right back. Acts chapter 20. Let's go to verse 28. Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders. He's leaving them and doesn't think he'll ever be back. He has great wisdom because he's been going from church to church. Basically, in most of the churches where he's been, he's seen division He's seen Satan from the outside, but he's also seen Satan over and over again from the inside. We begin in verse 28. He's speaking to the leadership of the church. Now keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he has bought with his own blood. Verse 29. I know, I'm sure. That after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. So in other words, false teachers, all kinds of heresies, they're going to come in and they're going to divide the church, kill unity. Look at verse 30. Even from your own number, your own family. Your own friends, your own staff on the church, pastoral staff, your own elders. Men will arise, distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on guard. Remember that for three years. I never stopped warning each of you. Night and day with tears. So this verse here, Acts 20, it's about a thousand years later than the battle we're studying tonight. Now here we are 2,000 years after that. Has anything changed? Nothing. Most churches are destroyed, not from the outside, but from the inside. And usually from the pastoral staff. From the elders. It's never changed. Paul said it wouldn't change. There it is. So what's happening here in this battle? That we're back with Goliath and David. Where's the enemy attacking? From the outside and where else? From the inside. Now if David is all flustered and angry and gets caught up in this. What's going to happen with his focus against Goliath? You won't have it. Understand guys. That's what Satan always does in a church. Because our function is to grow here, be one together here. By the way, we don't have division like that. We, God's been gracious to us for 18 and a half years. Hallelujah. That's because you guys aren't grumbling and complaining and He's protected us in the eldership and the pastors and what He's just been amazing to us. But no, notice what our calling is. We're to fight the Goliath outside. We're to fight the blindness. That Satan brings in people's lives. We're to share the gospel. Our energy has to be outside of this building. Amen? And if we bring it inside, then we're against each other. And pretty soon we have no energy outside and Satan goes, I love it. Now, think about marriages. Very same thing. Destroyed from where? Within. Within. All kinds of things. Well, let me read you some statements tonight. Because as I begin thinking about this, Elab is jealous of David. We say, Pastor Mark, that doesn't have any application to me. Well, let's think about this. Let's think in the, in the church realm for a moment. Why did he get to be senior pastor? Why am I just an assistant pastor? Why, are, why is he or she the head of that ministry? I mean, I could do a way better job. How did they pick him or her? I should be the worship leader. And let's get outside the church. How did he or she get promoted at work? I mean, I've been faithful for all those, and they bypassed me. Why was I passed over? Sound familiar? It all comes from what selfishness, trying to promote myself. So, as you begin thinking about all this, either we believe Romans eight twenty eight or we don't believe it. All things work together for good. So wherever wherever God has you tonight, at work, here in the church, whatever area you may, wherever He has you. If you're not in sin tonight, active sin, wherever he has you, all things are going to work together. He's got you right where he wants you. And by the way, you'll see in a moment, it's not about us at all anyway. It's all about God. We're just servants. Really, at the end of this, David's just going to go back home. He's just bringing, well, Publix fresh bread and cheese. Throws one stone goes home. It's over with. He goes right back to the sheep. Now, flip on back. 1 Samuel seventeen thirty one. Now what David said, I love this. I love this. I love this. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. What did David do? David didn't get sidetracked. With the internal battle. He didn't sit with Elam and go. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't have nothing to do with being selected. So I am the youngest. So? What do you mean? What do you mean you know my motives? You don't know any of my motives. He doesn't get sidetracked at all. He just goes right back to the main thing. And what was the main thing? Goliath. Huge point. Write this down tonight. Huge point for all of us. Keep focused. Keep focused. Keep the main thing, the main thing. We cannot respond out of hurt emotions in life. If we start playing that game, we will be so unfocused in the things that really matter. Don't get sidetracked with the distractions that Satan brings. Satan loves to do this distraction thing in all kind of areas of our lives. Let me give you one tonight which may sound a little strange to you, but it's very important. If you have teenage children, you want to pick your battles. You can't make everything an issue. If you do, you lose your children. So you have to pick the main ones that you're going to go like, okay, we're going to really deal on this one. Because if you pick every single one, they will rebel and leave. Whenever they get it, they're gone. They're growing up, remember. They have to make some mistakes themselves. And so when I counsel parents, I say, okay, here's all these things. You got the next three years, whatever. Pick and choose your battles. Ask God which things we got to really deal with this. The rest, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Now, what about believing churches tonight? Outside this church... We have wonderful other Christians, or many other Bible-believing churches in our community tonight. Amen? Good people. They believe different about some things than we do. Now, I'm not talking about the authority of scriptures, Jesus Christ dying, all of those kind of basic things that you never, ever, ever move away from. But we have right nearby us numbers of churches that believe different in end-time events than we do. Okay, they don't believe in the rapture. They don't believe really in the tribulation. They don't believe in some. Of the, they don't look at the book of Revelation at all, like we look at the book of Revelation. So, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to make that the thing to battle over? No, we're not. Now, what are we going to do here? We're going to teach what we believe. Okay, could we be wrong? Yes, we could be. We're not, but we could be. <laughs> You know, I'm joking. (laughs) I mean, if we didn't teach it, we, I mean, if we didn't believe it, we wouldn't teach it, but you'll hear me say, there's some people that a millennial, mid-trib, post-trib, no trib whatever. Okay. It's okay. Can we still be friends with those people? Can we hold hands like we did tonight and fight the real enemy tonight? Yes, we can. See, if you're going to divide over that, you might as well close shop because we'll never agree on everything. Never. So we just keep the main thing, the main thing, and this is what's happening.
0: In today's message, Pastor Mark used David and his attitude towards Goliath to illustrate the mindset you should be having towards the obstacles in your life. Keeping focused on your main objective will help you set aside the naysayers and doubts that might creep in. Remembering that you belong to God will help in focusing your eyes on the prize. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll finish part four in this series, The Life of David. Pastor Mark will continue the story of the fight between David and Goliath. You'll be reminded that just like David, your job is to make God look good. Whatever it takes for you to achieve that goal, remember that God has given you the skills necessary to do it. Trust Him to get you to the other side. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry